When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. I finally sat down and prepared to mend the pile of clothes that had been growing over the last months. A few shirts that needed buttons sewn back on, and a pair of pants that needed hemming. I brought out my sewing box, found the thread, and began looking for a sewing needle. It was a bit like trying to find a needle in a haystack. After poking around for a couple minutes, I still couldn't find one, and decided to pop upstairs and borrow one from my neighbor. She was quite willing to let me borrow hers, but as she handed it to me, she made a strange comment. She said her grandmother had used it to mend anything that broke. The first teller for this episode is Donna Washington. She is a highly animated performer and has been entertaining, educating, and inspiring audiences with her vocal pyrotechnics, elastic face, and deep characterizations that bring stories to life for over 30 years. The stories for this episode are about the trickster and the strange, multi-legged figure of Anansi. This is Donna Washington telling the story, Anansi and the Hat-Shaking Dance. Now, Anansi the Spider is a trickster. He loves to play tricks on people, and he loves to eat. And when there isn't very much to eat, he always finds a way to fill his belly. But sometimes his tricks backfire. Now, quite some time ago, Anansi the spider had long, flowing hair. Now, I know that when you see spiders today, they do not have long, flowing hair. This story explains why. It's called Anansi and the Hat-Shaking Dance. You see, there was a famine, and there wasn't a lot to eat. And Anansi was sitting home, looking around his house, wishing he had something to eat, and trying to figure out how he could get food out of his neighbors. But he knew his neighbors didn't have any food either. He sat there and thought and thought, who do I know who always has food? And then he figured out who he should go visit. His mother. Because mothers always have food. That's their job. So Anansi got up, combed out that long, silky hair, and put on his favorite hat. And he went down the road to his mother's house. And when he got there, he knocked upon the door. Pop, pop, pop. His mother opened the door and said, Anansi, how wonderful it is to see you. Come on inside. And Anansi went right to the table, put his hat down, sat at the table in a chair, and smiled up at her. She said, Anansi, are you hungry? And he said, just a little bit. 
And she said, well, hold on a second, I'll get you something to eat. And she went into the room and returned with a whole basket full of bread. And Anansi ate it. But... His mother said, Anansi, are you still hungry? And he said, just a little bit. She said, well, hold on a second. His mother went into the kitchen and came out with a whole tureen full of soup. And Anansi picked up the tureen. Are you still hungry? And Anansi said, just a little bit. Well, she said, oh, hold on a second. And she went into the kitchen and came out with a whole platter full of stewed vegetables. And Anansi started eating vegetables. But. His mother said, Anansi, are you still hungry? And he said, just a little bit. Well, hold on a second. And she took the platter away and came out with a whole tray full of roasted meat. Mm, Anansi picked up that meat. His mother said, Anansi, are you still hungry? And he said, just a little bit. So she went into the kitchen and came out with something called a milk tart, which is a creamy almond custard tart. And Anansi folded it in half and then folded it into quarters, opened his mouth as wide as he could, and shoved it in there. His mother said, Anansi! Are you still hungry? And he said, just a little bit. She said, well, I don't have any more food. He said, well, why don't you go down to the market and get some more, and I'll sit right here and wait for you. (laughs) So his mother went into the next room to get her pocketbook so she could go to market. And Anansi sat there feeling pretty good about himself when he started smelling something that smelled really, really good. He got up. He started following his nose down, down the hall. What? What is that? It smells so good. And he got to the kitchen, and there, over the fire, were pine nuts. Now, Anansi loved pine nuts. Some people might have taken one pine nut. Some might have taken two. But Anansi... Is very, very greedy. He didn't want one pine nut. He didn't want two pine nuts. He reached his hands in there and pulled out every single one of those hot pine nuts. Ooh, ah, they were so hot. He was trying to throw them up in the air, blow on them, and eat them at the same time. Ah, ooh, ah, 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 ah. And then he heard the front door open. His mother must have forgotten something, and she was coming back. And he knew If she saw him with those pine nuts, she'd throw him out and she wouldn't let him eat. So Anansi didn't know what to do. He looked around. Where could he hide him? And then he had an idea. He ran back to the room with the table and dumped all the hot pine nuts inside of his hat. And smoke 
started coming out of the top of his hat. And he knew if his mother saw the smoke coming out of his hat, she'd look in the hat, she'd see those pine nuts, and she'd throw them out. So he put the hat on top of his head, on top of his long, flowing, silky hair. And those hot pine nuts started burning the top of his head. He was trying to be quiet, but those hot pine nuts were so hot. His mother came in. She said, Anansi, what are you doing? Are you leaving? No, 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 I'm not leaving. He started flapping that hat around, trying to get a little cool air underneath it. His mother said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm singing and I'm, I'm, a, I'm doing the hat shaking dance. Woo-hoo-hoo. Started flapping that hat around and jumping up and down. He was trying to jump those hot nuts up into the top of that hat and off his head. His mother said, That looks like fun. Do you mind if I do it? He said, No, no, go get a hat. His mother ran to the back room, came out with a hat, and put it on top of her head. She started flapping it. And Anansi, oh, his head was burning. He started trying to flap that hat a little more, get a little cool air in there. He danced to the front door. His mother danced right after him. And Nazi ripped the door open, ran down the stairs, dancing all the way. His mother danced right after him. They danced all the way down the road to the town. And they were having market at the town. And Nazi danced right into the middle of everyone. His mother danced right after him. Everyone stopped and said, what are you two doing? And Anansi's mother said, we're doing the hat shake and dance. And everyone said, that looks like fun. She said, well, everyone go get a hat. And everyone in town got a hat and started jumping up and down doing the hat shake and dance. Everybody was having a good old time, kicking up their feet, flapping their hats, except poor Anansi, whose head was on fire. And finally, he could not take it anymore. And he ripped his hat off. And all those pine nuts fell down around his feet. Everyone stopped dancing and looked at him. His mother said, Anansi! Oh, my goodness! And as soon as she said that, everyone started laughing. And Anansi couldn't imagine what was so funny. He'd just been caught. He was embarrassed. And then he, he reached up and felt his head. All of his long silky hair was gone and in its place were all these short crunchy spikes sticking up everywhere Anansi looked down and discovered that he'd burned all the hair off the top of his head and it was all mixed in with the hot pine nuts around his feet Anansi was so embarrassed he dropped his hat and ran away and to this day spiders do not have long silky hair oh no All they have are short, crunchy, hard spikes. They have those to remind them that they should never again steal from their mother. And that's the story of Anansi and the Hat-Shaking Dance. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Jack and Jill Injury Lawyers. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill was able to get him 4,000 gold coins for disrepair of a public roadway. Jack and Jill have worked their whole lives to ensure that in this dangerous fairy tale world, the little guys are represented, 
and they don't mean just Tom Thumb or Thumbelina. Was your house damaged by a falling beanstalk? They can get you compensation for that. Were you knocked over by a prince riding to save his one true love and injured your shoulder? Don't go begging for help. Hire Jack and Jill to get the prince to pay for his careless actions. Was your entire town destroyed by thorn bushes that rose up around a castle when the princess fell asleep under a sleeping spell? Put Jack and Jill on the case. In 100 years, their grandchildren will get your grandchildren the compensation they deserve for the destruction of their ancestral home. Jack and Jill injury lawyers. Others pale in comparison. This episode is also brought to you by the Patreon supporter, Jean-Paul. Jean-Paul creates the most mysterious home brews. Whether it is tea or mead, when you taste a batch, there is not only a perfect blend of smell and flavor, but also the hint of a memory that will make you smile. He's also a generous supporter of storytelling, which is pretty cool. He's been a patron for a while, but recently upped his contribution a few dollars. This really helps the podcast throughout the year bring more stories. A big thank you to him and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Jean-Paul and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. I sewed on the buttons and hemmed the pants to a perfect length. I suppose that was the time I should have returned the needle, but I was curious. My favorite cup had recently lost its handle. Experimentally, I poked the needle at the ceramic. Where the needle should have plinked off the cup, it passed straight through, and effortlessly I sewed the handle back on. I then dried out a few other items around the house that needed mending. A book with pages falling out, sewn to like new. The crack at the edge of my mirror, held together with tiny little stitches. One of my plants had lost a leaf when I had walked by too quickly, but I sewed it back on, and the leaf hasn't wilted yet. After I had mended most everything I could think of, I returned that special needle to my neighbor upstairs. Where'd your mother get a needle like this? I had to know. Family lore says she sewed a dress for the Queen of the Fairies for a wedding and was given this needle in return. True or not, it makes a good story and the needle really works. She had a point. The second teller for this episode is Jenny Cargillstrom, an award-winning Australian storyteller and enchantivist who teaches and coaches storytelling. Her passions and expertise are focused on stories of place, stories to celebrate the earth, stories to heal, to strengthen community, and myths which express the divine feminine. Jenny has recorded and self-published five award-winning albums for children and adults under her label, The Story Tree Company. This is the story Anansi, Aho, and their six clever children. Anansi is a character from the Ashanti people of West Africa. Usually in his stories, he is a spider, and sometimes he is a man. Luckily for Anansi, he has a wise wife called Aso. In fact, I feel a bit wiser just saying her name. You could try it. Aso. 
Anansi's stories travelled to other countries, especially Jamaica and America. In America, he sometimes became Aunt Nancy. The stories travelled with the African people when they were kidnapped to work as slaves and forced to work for free. They were treated very brutally, and so they told these funny trickster stories to stay connected to their rich culture, to give each other courage, and to cheer each other up. There is a song of Anansi, and you can join in. You can make your arms into hairy spider arms and wave them around as you sing, if you like. It goes like this. They call me Anansi, see how I can dance. They call me Anansi, see how I can dance. They call me Anansi, see how I can dance. They call me Anansi, see how I can dance. Anansi are so, and they're six clever children. We do not really mean that what we are about to say is true. A story, a story. Let it come, let it go. Long ago, before there was a moon in the sky, Anansi's wife, Aso, laid six eggs. One by one, they hatched. The first baby had enormous eyes, and Anansi said, Oh no, this child looks very strange with her goggly eyes. People are going to laugh at us for having a child like that. But Arso said, Oh, and Nancy, this child will be just fine. You wait and see. Those eyes will serve her well. And as the child grew, they realised that she could see further than anyone or anything. Not only could she see far, but she could even see inside things. They named her Sea Far. The next baby to hatch had a huge mouth. And Nancy said, Oh no, this child looks very strange with that oversized mouth. People will laugh at us for having a child like that. Arso said, Oh, and Nancy... This child will be just fine. Her mouth will serve her well. And as she grew, they found that she could drink enormous quantities of water and hold it in her amazing stretchy mouth, which was a very fascinating party trick. They called her Drink Well. The third baby to hatch was very muscly. In fact... He had muscles on his muscles. Not only did he have muscles where most creatures have muscles, but he had muscles on his eyelids. He had muscles on his fingernails. He had muscles on his hair. Of course, Anansi feared that people would laugh at him and Arso said, Oh, Anansi, this child will be just fine. His muscles will serve him well. And as the child grew, they found that he was so strong, he could put his arms around a great big tree and he could rip it out of the ground and toss it over his shoulder. 
they called this boy Forest Clearer. The fourth baby had a talent for throwing rocks. He could aim a stone so accurately at a partridge flying way up in the sky that with the very first stone the bird would fall down dead and the family could eat partridge pie and they called this child Stone Thrower. The fifth baby had strange claws for hands with long, sharp talons. Oh, Anansi again was worried, so Aso said, Oh, Anansi, his claws will serve him well. And as he grew, they saw that he could use those claws to easily skin any game, that is, any creature the family had caught for dinner. And instead of using a knife and taking a very long time, this child could quickly make the meat ready to eat with a few sharp movements of his great claws. They called him Skinner of Game. The last baby to hatch was enormous. She was as round as she was tall. You know what Anansi worried about. Yes, he was worried about what other people would think of his child. And again, Aso shook her head and said, Oh, Anansi, don't you know this child will also be just fine. Her large size and round shape will serve her well. And as the child grew, they saw that she brought great joy to all her sisters and brothers. Because she was so soft and round, they could jump on her like she was a trampoline. And it didn't hurt her at all. In fact, it made her giggle. Boing, 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 went the children. Her parents named her Large as a Bed. One day, Anansi travelled far away to take some goods to market to sell and make some money for his family. He waved goodbye and said he'd be back that afternoon. But Anansi didn't come back. Now, Aso knew that Anansi often got distracted and went off on adventures, so at first she didn't worry. But after two weeks, she said to her children, Oh, my darlings, your father hasn't come home and... I have a feeling that something has happened to him. Sifa, can you see if you can spot your father? Sifa climbed a tall tree up and up and up and when she got to the top, she looked and she called down, Mother, I have spotted Daddy. He has been swallowed by a huge fish in the middle of a lake that lies inside the impenetrable forest. Now that means it was a forest which grew so densely and the trees were so tight together that no one could get through it. Off went the family in the direction of the lake. And when they got to the impenetrable forest, who do you think offered to help? Yes, Forest Clearer, the one with the muscles on his muscles. Forest Clearer uprooted enough trees to make a path wide enough for his family to walk along. Soon they came to the great lake, which was very deep. Oh dear, how will we find the fish that swallowed your father? Which child do you think stepped forward this time? That's right, it was Drinkwell. She slurped up all the water in the lake and you can help her. Ready?
and she held all that water in her great stretchy cheeks. All the fish were flapping on the floor of the empty lake. Seafar found the fish that had swallowed her father. They dragged it up to the bank. Then Drinkwell spat all that water back out into the lake. (sighs) Then who do you think stepped forward to open the belly of the fish? That's right, Skinner of Game. With three quick flicks of his sharp talons, he opened the belly of the fish and out popped Anansi. Oh, but poor Anansi. He was pale and skinny and weak. Plus, he smelled really badly of fish. Have you ever smelled the inside of a fish's belly? Ooh. Well, the family, nevertheless, were very happy to see him alive and they were just about to lead him home when they heard the great swoop of wings. An eagle swooped down, picked up Anansi with its talons and carried him high up into the sky. Oh no, shrieked Arso. My husband, oh, my clever children, help your father quickly. Stone thrower grabbed a stone and threw it hard. <whistles> the eagle dropped Anansi, and now Anansi was falling, falling through the sky. Oh, oh no, now my husband will die when he hits the ground. Help him, my clever children. Guess which child stepped forward next? That's right, large as a bed. She said, don't worry, mother, I will save him. She ran to catch Anansi, moving left and right as he was tossed by the wind. And finally, she decided exactly where he would land, threw herself flat on the ground, and Anansi landed right in the middle of his big, soft, youngest child and bounced on her softness and was not hurt. Oh, my clever children, Anansi cried. Anansi and his family returned home. Sometime later, when Anansi was feeling much better again, he went walking in the forest. There he found a magical-looking white, round stone. It shone like a gem. He thought to himself, oh, this would be a good reward for my children. Hmm, but there is only one. So I will have to decide which child helped me the most. He asked Nayami, the sky god, to hold it for him until he had chosen. Nayami held the glowing white stone right up in the sky for everyone to see. But Anansi could not decide between his children. So he asked his children to tell him which one of them had helped him the most. Arso rolled her eyes. Oh, Anansi, this is foolishness. But the children argued and argued. Father, without me, we would never have found you, said Seafar. But without me, we couldn't have got to the lake, said Forest Clearer. Without me, we wouldn't have found the fish you were in said Drinkwell. 
and without me, the fish wouldn't have opened up so quickly and you could have died, said Skinner of Game. But without me, the eagle would have taken you, said Stone Thrower. Without me, you would have died when you hit the ground, said Large as a Bed. Well, which child do you think helped save Anansi the most? Well, this is what happened in the story. Anansi got tired of listening to all the arguments, so they all agreed that the big, round, white stone should be shared equally. And that is how the moon came to be in the sky for all to share and enjoy. As for Anansi, he stopped judging people for being different. So next time you look up at the moon, you might think about Anansi, Aso, and their six clever children. This is my tale. Whether it be sour or whether it be sweet, take what you wish and let the rest return to me. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Donna Washington and Jenny Cargillstrong on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can connect with the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Christina Vincent. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. You can see the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story podcast, Instagram, and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. Until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music.